Welcome to Arbel Ministries podcast with Mark Whitehead. Today we're going to look at Numbers chapter 26 together. The title of this lesson is The Next Generation. We are at an incredibly important moment in the book of Numbers. The 40-year desert punishment for Israel's disobedience, it's beginning to come to a close. And and we discussed this in, in our podcast in Numbers 25, but God has just corrected Israel by sending a plague upon them due to their worship of Baal. The plague's over and it's time to continue the journey. And that's where we are as we begin Numbers chapter 26, verse 1. Then it came about after the plague that the Lord spoke to Moses and Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saying, Take a census of all the congregation of the sons of Israel from 20 years old and upward by their father's households, whoever is able to go out to war in Israel. So God wanted Moses and Eleazar to take a census of everyone 20 years old and older. Does this sound familiar? Do you remember how the book of Numbers began? Well, let's take a look back at Numbers chapter 1 together and read how this whole story began in Numbers. Here's what it says. Then the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the tent of meeting on the first of the second month in the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take a census of all the congregation of the sons of Israel by their families, by their father's households, according to the number of names, every male, head by head, from 20 years old and upward, whoever is able to go out to war in Israel, you and Aaron shall number them by their armies. So as we examined back in Numbers chapter 1, We went into great detail about the importance of a census, if you remember. What were the reasons for a census in ancient times? Well, the two reasons a census was taken was for war and for taxes. So anytime a census was taken, the people could expect either war or an increase in taxes to follow. The first census in Numbers 1, it it says, took place in the second year after leaving Egypt. That's Numbers 1-1. This census in Numbers 26 takes place 38 years later. So why was there a need for another census? Well, an entire generation of men over 20 years old have passed away since the first census. Can you imagine Moses as he watched so many people he loved die in those 38 years? He watched his brother Aaron, he watched his sister Miriam die. At this point, Moses must have known that his time on earth was short. It was coming to an end soon. How did we get here? Why did God give a death sentence to an entire generation? Back in Numbers 13, we discussed the 12 spies that entered the promised land. If if you remember that lesson, we discussed that the account is also recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 1. And what's interesting 
is that Deuteronomy 1.22 tells us the idea of sending those 12 spies into the promised land came from the people, not from God. So Moses decided that the idea that came from the people pleased him. Deuteronomy 1.23, he listened to the people's wishes over God's wishes. God simply wanted the people to trust him by faith and take the land that he had promised them. But they wanted to, to send spies to see if it would be possible for them to take that land. So they were obviously relying on their own strength rather than trusting God who was with them. So in Numbers 13, the spies return. They have this bad report. The land was all that God had promised. That's incredible, but it was flowing with milk and honey. It had amazing fruit. But the people that lived there, they were huge. They were strong. Their cities were well protected. Oh, they thought it would be impossible to take the land. The people were disheartened. So two of the spies spoke up to encourage the people to trust God, Caleb and Joshua. They saw those large people. They witnessed the walled cities, but they still believed that the Lord was strong enough to defeat whatever came in their way. Unfortunately, the people trusted the 10 spies with a bad report rather than Caleb and Joshua. This was when God gave the death sentence to an entire generation. Look with me back at Numbers chapter 14. In Numbers 14, God had done so much through this, through this generation. And here's what it says. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation who are grumbling against me? I have heard the complaints of the sons of Israel, which they are making against me. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will surely do to you. Your corpses will fall in the wilderness even all your numbered men, according to your complete number from 20 years old and upward, who have grumbled against me, surely you shall not come into the land in which I swore to settle you, except Caleb and Joshua. Your children, however, whom you said would become a prey, I will bring them in and they will know the land which you have rejected. But as for you, your corpses will fall in the wilderness. See, God had done so much for this older generation. They had witnessed God move in incredible ways. And when they had finally reached to the edge of the land God wanted them to possess, they doubted. They, they stopped trusting him. And they never witnessed the fruition of God's promise because they took their eyes off of him. Just for a moment, as you're listening to this podcast, please just take a moment and think about your own life. 
What have you seen God do with your own eyes? What have you seen him accomplish? See, it's easy for us to jump on these Israelites. I mean, they had witnessed God do amazing miracles as he brought them out of Egypt and they witnessed his mighty hand at work. But you know what? I have two. And my guess is, you know what I'm talking about. See, I've witnessed God's power firsthand. I've watched him do things that cannot be explained. Just like this older generation of Israelites, I can testify that my God is the one true God and nothing can stand in his way. And there's nothing else that deserves my praise. Do you realize that the older generation that reached the edge of the promised land would agree with everything I have just said? But they still took their eyes off God. See, we have an enemy that never gives up. He knows that if, we can, if he can get us to take our eyes off of God, no matter what we have experienced him do in our midst in the past, we'll stop trusting him today. We'll begin to rely on our own strength rather than his strength. Are you there right now? Are you to the point in your Christian walk that you no longer trust God? Are you to the point that you simply attend church and, and go through motions? Maybe you can look back on your walk and remember the amazing things that God has done in your midst. But those days seem to be long gone. Listen, God still has you here. He still wants to use you. He is not finished with you. But it takes you trusting him. It takes you keeping your eyes on him and walking with him in obedience. Please do not be like the older generation of Israelites. God's will was to have them take the promised land. But they stopped trusting him. And the moment it seemed too hard, they lost faith. So God used a different generation to fulfill his promise. And as we read in our text, as the census was taken, what was the total number of Israelites? Look at Numbers 26, verse 51 with me. Here's what it says. These are those who were numbered of the sons of Israel. 601,730. So it says there were 601,730 people. Now let me remind you of something that we discussed way back in, in the podcast for Numbers 1. Scholars have debated about these numbers for centuries. You see, there's, there's a setting to these stories. I want to invite you to come with me and see where these Israelites were traveling for 40 years. Come with me to Israel, and I will show you 
some of these ancient roads that they were on. And what you're going to find is that many of these roads, you can only travel in single file. You might picture Israel traveling in some flat desert in a huge pack. That is not how they traveled. Many roads must have been traveled one person at a time. Now imagine over 600,000 people walking in a straight line. See, a straight line of this many people hiking would cover a minimum distance of 373 miles. Maybe, just maybe, there's another explanation to the text. See, as we discussed back in Numbers 1, the Hebrew word that, that is translated thousand in this text is elif. And it also means military unit or clan. I would encourage you to go back and review our study in Numbers 1, review our podcast for more explanation of how this could help us explain the numbers we read in this story. And this is important, guys. We have a world that's looking at the Bible and trying to find errors, trying to find things that cannot be explained and say, see, this is why you can't believe the Bible. We need to know how to respond. So that's a study I think that's worthwhile doing. Okay, so it's been 38 years since the death sentence of this older generation. If we know that the census was taken for the purposes of war or taxes, what was the reason? What was the reason for the census in Numbers 26? Well, I'll go ahead and tell you, it's not for taxes. See, we can expect a war to happen as the new generation enters the promised land. And we're going to soon see in Numbers 31 that God sends Israel to war with the Midianites. More wars are on the horizon as they enter the promised land as well. There's something else that made this census important other than just war. See, the numbers would be useful as the promised land would be divided among the different tribes once they took possession of the promised land. Look with me, starting at verse 52 in Numbers 26. Here's what it says. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Among these, the land shall be divided for an inheritance according to the number of names. To the larger group, you shall increase their inheritance, and to the smaller group, you shall diminish their inheritance. Each shall be given their inheritance according to those who were numbered of them. But the land shall be divided by lot. They shall receive their inheritance according to the names of the tribes of their fathers. According to the selection by lot, their inheritance shall be divided between the larger and smaller groups. So the size of each territory was given based on the size of the tribe. The larger portions of land were given to larger tribes, and the smaller portions of land were given to smaller tribes. And then how does it say in the text that the decision would be made as to which tribe received which portion of the land? It said it was made according 
to Lot. See, casting lots was a common practice of many nations, not just Israel. It was a way to figure out the will of the gods. This may seem strange to us, but God was actually pleased when his people cast lots. In fact, he commanded them to cast lots on many occasions. It was a way for him to reveal his will to them. Did you know that you find about 100 references to casting lots in Scripture? And it's not just in the Old Testament, by the way. We see it in the New Testament as well. God gave his people a way to know his will. So he was the one that assigned each tribe their tract of land in Numbers 26. Something you may not know is that 70% of Israel is desert. 70%. Some of these tribes received prime real estate with amazing farmland and fresh water. Others received areas of rocky ground and very little water. You know, each tribe did not get a say in which land they received. God gave each tribe the inheritance he wanted them to have. The same could be said of us. Understand that God has you right where he wants you. You might feel like you are living in a hot desert with no water. God is with you. He knows where he has placed you. He will give you what you need for today if you trust him. And even when God's people made it to the promised land, most of them still lived in the desert where life is only possible with the guidance and provision of a heavenly shepherd that shows them where to get their food and where to get their water. In Acts 26, Paul is giving his defense before Agrippa. And he tells Agrippa that God saved him to show the Jews and the Gentiles that they could turn from darkness to light and receive forgiveness of sin. And in, in, here's what he says, an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in him. That's Acts 26, verses 16 to 18. In Colossians 1, verse 12, Paul talks about the same inheritance. It's a direct reference back to this story in Numbers 26. See, the tribes of Israel would receive an inheritance by lot based on their tribe. As a matter of fact, the Greek word in both Acts 26 and Colossians 1 means to cast lots. See, I think we picture an inheritance as this rich, luscious farmland. And it can be. Some of the tribes in Israel received land in Galilee. It was rich. It was great soil. But most of the tribes, they received their inheritance in the desert. So desert land can also be inheritance. And that's a land where you have to trust God to show you how to survive. 
And the point of this is that God doesn't always save us to plop us down in deep, in knee-deep ryegrass where we can sit and stay for the rest of our time on earth. Much of the promised land is desert. Much of Israel's inheritance was desert. And much of our walk on this earth will also be through a desert. But we have a shepherd, and he's with us in the desert. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is always with us. And he will take care of our needs. He will lead us to where he wants us to go. We just have to trust him. We have to listen to him. We have to obey him. We have to be a sheep that follows our shepherd, not a goat that always knows a better way. Does that describe you in your walk right now? Would God say that you are a sheep that is following him? Or would he say that you're a goat that's going your own way? I want us to close by looking at a few verses at the very end of Numbers 26, starting in verse 63. These are those who were numbered by Moses and Eleazar, the priest, who numbered the sons of Israel in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho. But among these, there was not a man of those who were numbered by Moses and Aaron, the priest, who numbered the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Sinai. For the Lord had said of them, they shall surely die in the wilderness. And not a man was left of them except Caleb and Joshua. In the movie, Liar, Liar, there's a character by the name of Fletcher Reed, played by Jim Carrey. He's a lawyer who has a hard time keeping his promises to his son, Max. So when Fletcher stands Max up on his birthday, Max's birthday wish is for his father not to be able to tell a lie for one day. Immediately, the wish comes true, and as the rest of the movie unfolds, it becomes obvious that telling the truth can be pretty difficult for a lawyer. In these verses, at the end of Numbers 26, we see that there was not one in the second census of those of all those people counted that were listed in the first census, except for Caleb and Joshua. God was true to his word. He said that every person would die in, the, in that generation except for Caleb and Joshua. And that's exactly what happened. That movie, Liar, Liar, exposes a startling problem with all of humanity. We tend to stretch the truth. So our human relationships are scarred by lies. Now, many of them are those little white lies, as some call them. But let me tell you, there is a pure relationship in which there are no white lies. Let me tell you of a relationship I have with one who has never lied to me and will never lie to me. See, the moment I accepted Jesus Christ, I stepped into a a relationship 
of total truth. And Numbers 26 is the fulfillment of the vow that God made in Numbers 14. But understand God's words always hold true. He is faithful. 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, faithful is he who calls you and he also will bring it to pass. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. We have a heavenly father that never stretches the truth. His words always come to pass. He is faithful. You can bank on his word. From cover to cover, it is the total truth. Now, if you're a believer, I hope you would agree with those statements. God has warned you about things that do not please him in his word. Are you listening to his preferences? Are you walking in obedience? What are the things in your life that need to be adjusted based on his preferences? What things are you doing that you want to do rather than what pleases him. This is not a movie like Liar, Liar. This is not a game. God always tells the truth. His words always come to pass. Are you taking his words seriously so that you can be the light that he's called you to be in the place that he's positioned you? You know what? That might be a desert. You may be in a spot that is a hard, hard place. Much of our world is desert. But he's with you. And he wants you to take his instructions and his guidance seriously. Please follow our shepherd. In him alone are the words of life. He will never lead you astray. Trust him. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. As always, I invite you on this journey with me as we continue our walk through the book of Numbers. But I also invite you to come with me to Israel, as I said earlier in this podcast. For more information, you can visit our website at rbellministries.com. I always love hearing how God is using this in your life as well. Feel free to reach out to me, rbellministries at gmail.com or find me on Twitter at rbellministries. I look forward to our time together as we unpack Numbers 27 next time. Thanks. Thanks.